0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wages, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again. I hope Christmas has been good. How are things with you, my friend? Uh, yeah, yeah, really good, thank you. Great,
1: great Christmas with the family. Uh, yeah, really good. And then an absolutely top away day at Accrington Stanley on Boxing Day. Um, we had wind, we had rain, we had hail, we had snow. We had some very debatable officiating. Uh, but it didn't dampen, though. were absolutely top day out. Uh, big away, Barnes of Contingent. Had the run of Accrington pretty much for the entire day. Big pub crawl and whatever. And, uh, yeah, great great day out, great game, great Christmas. I forgot what day it is, to be honest with you. And I'm fed up of eating chocolate and whatever else.
0: But But, yeah, bang on. Glad to hear there. And also, last but certainly not least, is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well and Spurs haven't stopped celebrating all that much. Yeah, I mean,
2: unfortunately, my, uh, my Christmas wasn't so happy as, as Craig's. Um, obviously, that sounds like a brilliant <laughs> day out. But for, for Spurs, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next World Cup, unfortunately. <laughs> it was... Um, It was a very difficult afternoon, of course, another afternoon, the Spurs deciding to turn up in the second half. Um, First half was obviously very difficult to watch, Um, but yeah, I'm all good, uh, apart from being a Spurs fan.
0: Glad to hear. Right, that's all the intros out of the way, so let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with FreeBets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first in this busy, festive period? Let's start with a double dose of Friday night football. And first up, it's West Ham versus Brentford. Craig, the Hammers have lost their last four league outings. Would you be in a rush to back them to end that streak, odds of 19 to 20?
1: No is the very short answer, Dan. Uh, Certainly wouldn't. Um, I'm I'm not really sure. I think... I don't think I back West Ham to beat anyone at the minute. I'm not sure. Um, from what I've seen of them in, in sort of recent weeks, sort of before the break as well, they're really difficult for me to weigh up. And, and as we sort of briefly touched on when I think we were on, on about the last show, I don't think enough has being made of, of West Ham's poor form so far. And others have been sort of grabbing the headlines and, and been under the microscope. So Everton, Southampton and Wolves in particular, just to name a few. And I don't really think West Ham's got the same treatment. Um, they've lost some games that can be excused, such such as the one against Arsenal on, on Boxing Day. I don't think any of us really gave them a chance of getting anything from there. But then they've also thrown in a few stinkers along the way. They lost home games to Crystal Palace and Leicester back-to-back before the break. and, and They're just a, a team that I'm struggling to work out because although they're losing the games that they, they probably shouldn't be winning, such as the Arsenal one, they're also not winning the games that they should be as well. And, and like I say, I, I don't think... Enough's being made of it, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. I think people need to be talking about West Ham a bit more and, and the poor form that they're in. But the flip side to that is, can Brentford actually go out and win this? You know, you know they've, they've won just one of their last six, and bizarrely, the one that they won was away at Manchester City, so that's a, a strange one in itself. They get themselves into winning positions, and they, they did on Boxing Day, uh, but they failed to finish the job, and, and Spurs came back in the, the, sort of, the Tottenham fashion, as is uh, at the minute, and came back and got a draw. I think it's a case of just not really trusting either, from from my point of view. Certainly would not back West Ham at odds on against anyone in the Premier League at all. Uh, I think Brentford are probably a bit too short in the betting at five to two to go away and pick up a win, which sort of leaves the draw really at thirteen to five. And I think if you look at Brentford, they've drawn four of the last six. And if you ask Brentford's fans and, and sort of Thomas Frank maybe, he would take a point here. So I think that's probably where I'd land. 13-5, to 5, fair value. Like I said, Brentford have drawn four of the last six and I think they would take a point. Uh, strange game to weigh up. Really not sure
0: about West Ham at the minute. So I'll go in the middle and go with a draw. Well, Jamie, I was going to ask you the same thing about Brentford draw because you would have seen Brentford on Boxing Day against Spurs. As Craig said, mm. they've got that run of draws, so they are picking up points. They're not really in a relegation conversation at the moment. So could they be good for another point at odds of 13-5?
2: Yeah, do you know what? I'm actually going to pick a winner here and I do think it will be Brentford. Um, as I said, I do think they're going to be good enough to get all three points here. Um, the away form hasn't been the best this season. I think it's, it's pretty pretty much they're down there in the league. But look, they obviously, their last away outing was a 2-1 winner at the Etihad. So, you know, that was obviously an amazing result. And then, of course, their last two uh, matches have resulted in four points against Spurs and Man City. And I think that those are excellent results. And, um, you know, I, I do think they will eventually kind of get there, obviously, Um, they've just handed Thomas Frank a new contract. So there's kind of that feel-good factor as well. And they've obviously got his um, future assured as well, which I think is really important. But look, as as you said, I think as well, West Ham, they're in a real mess at the moment. As as you mentioned, Dan, that's four defeats in a row now. They've lost four out of their eight home matches this season as well. So that's been really poor um, when they played at the London Stadium as well. But look, I I do think that Brentford are a side that have impressed me at times this season. And they are seeming to developed quite an interesting system. Obviously, Tony has been unbelievable this season. I think he's into double figures now. Um, And Bermos is another player who I've always kind of really, really liked ever since his time in the championship as well. Um, yeah, as, as Craig mentioned, obviously, a Brentford win on its own isn't particularly great value. But if you add both teams to score, and I think this could be an interesting game. I think West Ham, we saw them go and score against Arsenal. I think they can get a goal here. But I don't think it's going to be enough because I think this Brentford team do have goals in them. They've scored 25 times this season. And as I said, when you've got a player like Yves Toney who's in that form, I think they're more than capable of scoring. And uh, I think they will outscore West Ham. So both teams are scoring a Brentford win. Uh, it's a pretty nice value at uh, eleven to two.
0: That sounds very tempting, actually. But Craig, we mentioned over two point five goals and Brentford in the previous episode. That's now happened in their last three league outings. So, do odds of ten to eleven tempt you for more of the same on Friday? Yeah, it's definitely got a chance here, and I think sort of if you both teams, forgetting who's going to win this
1: game, if both teams just look at this game, I think they'll both fancy the chances of scoring against the opposing defence. I think they're both there to be to be got at. Um, I'm going to change slightly in what you said, just because I do fancy the draw. And I would rather go with the both-team-to-score market. It's slightly shorter at 3-4 to four in odds. But that does cover the 1-1 one, one draw as well, uh, which is something that I'd like to have on my side, just because I, I do think it'll be a draw. But I think from from a match point of view, I think Brentford will fancy their chances of going, going away and scoring goals. And I think West Ham will fancy their chances of getting goals against this Brentford defence too. So it should be a good and, and fairly entertaining to watch. Uh, just just because I fancy the draw, that I go with both teams to score at three to four. Just because, like I said, that covers the one-one draw there, whereas the over two point five goals
0: doesn't. But uh, I do think there'll definitely be goals somewhere. Now, Jamie, if we're looking at the any-time score at odds, you just mentioned Ivan Tony. He's currently twenty-one mm. to ten. Now the forward picked up from where he left off before the World Cup break on Boxing Day. So, would you be backing him for another goal at the weekend?
2: Yeah, well, look. If I know anything about like Tony, I'm sure he's listening to the show, or or maybe maybe not as the case anymore. Hopefully, he's learned his lesson. But yeah, I, I would say with this one, it looks at excellent value. I mean, again, he's a, a guy, as I said, who's taken his uh, his tally to the season uh, to double figures now. He's done so in 14 matches this season. Obviously, been in in, in great form at the moment. It just seems to be kind of really flourishing in in this uh, Brentford team. You know, again. They were always kind of looking to get the ball into Ivan Toni. They were creating chances for him as well. Um, and as I said, look, they're, they're a team that do score goals. They create chances, you know, regardless of maybe they haven't quite been picking up the results they wanted to. They're still creating all these chances and Tony's putting them away. So he's obviously in great form at the moment. So you, you certainly wouldn't back against him. Um, obviously, he might back in himself. But yeah, I'm, I was certainly going to be backing him on the weekend to, to get another
0: goal. Right, let's move to Anfield now, as Liverpool play host to Leicester on Friday. Craig, it's three successive league wins for the Reds. How can you find some additional value for Jürgen Klopp's men when you consider that they are short as three to ten in terms of the odds? Yeah, it's not the easiest game to find value in, but I think if we look at Leicester
1: and and they seem to be sort of following a bit of a pattern recently in the games that they're playing. So that's led me to go with Liverpool win to nil, which is available at uh, five to four in this one. So in the last six games that Leicester have played, when they've been playing the lower sides in the division, they've won four and kept four clean sheets. When they've come up against the tougher teams in the division and the two games that they've been have been against Manchester City and Newcastle on Boxing Day, they've lost both but also failed to score. And it seems that they're just failing to score when they come up against that slightly better opposition. And Liverpool have won the last three and they have conceded a goal in each of those. But the thing for me is that I think Liverpool are sort of getting better each week and I don't think we're too far away from seeing uh, the Liverpool of old, if you want to call them that, and, and back to somewhere around the best again. I think when Liverpool are at the best, they're scoring goals for fun, but also they've got a very solid back line that sort of holds things together and and, and you know it, it looks really strong and, and they're edging closer towards that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to back them to actually get back to that and keep a clean sheet here. The, the first of what could be many, I think Liverpool are going to kick forward and keep moving in the right direction. Um, So I'm going to go with Liverpool win to nil this one, which is available at five to four and hope that they can keep Leicester out as the other good teams that have beaten
0: Leicester have done recently. Well, Jamie, when we look at the Foxes and their Boxing Day performance, they were rather woeful at home to Newcastle. Could this be another game that lends itself to a high amount of total goals? How does over 3.5 odds of six to five sound to you?
2: Yeah, I think this may be the way to go. Only three teams this season have conceded more goals than Leicester. It's 28 times they've now conceded in 16 matches. So a team that, you know, at the the back, they've been really poor. Um, Meanwhile, you look at Liverpool as well. They've been big scorers. They've got 31 goals this season in 15 matches. So, you know, as I said, just you look at the way that Leicester do defend. You look at the way that um, Liverpool have been able to attack and, you know, they they have seemed to be rampant. They are creating lots of chances still. Again, maybe a team that aren't getting the results they want, but they're still creating so many chances. And uh, I think that they'll make that pay against Leicester and I think there will be plenty of goals here. So, yeah, over 3.5 goals is, is probably one to add to the betting slip.
0: Well, Craig, in terms of Liverpool's attack, they look set to add Cody Gakpo to their ranks. We spoke about him in the World Cup episodes. We were sort of waxing Liverpool about him. So, will he help their top four bid? If so, do odds of eight to 15 for a top four finish look good? Or is there still too much football to be played? Yeah, in terms of the, the actual betting market, it's not one that I'm,
1: uh, I'm too bothered about. And, and especially sort of given the odds are so short. These long-term bets at short odds are not something that appeal to me. But but in terms of the, the other part of the question, I, Cody Gakpo... He's a very good signing for for whoever was going to sign him. It seemed obvious that he was going to end up somewhere. Manchester United did seem the front runners for a, for a long way, but he's definitely going to add to this Liverpool team. And so, as I've just said, I think we're slowly beginning to see something like what we expect from Liverpool. I think they are getting there, and they do appear to be getting better each week. It wouldn't surprise me if they continued the strong form into January, and then obviously if, if Gakpo does come in and arrive, it gives them another sort of attacking weapon to go to war with as such. I think it, you sort of add into that, if, if ever sort of Darwin Nunes does really start firing, you know, he seems to get loads of chances every game, then adding that potential as well and, and it's just another sort of string in the bow of Jurgen Klopp. Let's not forget that Mo Salah didn't play at the World Cup as well, so he should be fresh for the second half. I just think it, Liverpool sort of, they're a bit of a snowball at the minute and they just keep rolling and getting bigger and bigger and, add, you know, if you throw in Gakpo as well, then this is just something else that's going to keep them going in the right direction. I really do think they're going to have a very, very strong second half of the season. Um, I think in terms of the top four market, just to touch briefly on it, I think we'll see some some team, either one or maybe even two, have really good seasons, but then still miss out on the top four and through no fault of their own, other than being in a, a sort a of very competitive top four, top six battle this year. And, Newcastle's the one that are sticking out in that respect to me at the minute. I think we've mentioned that sort of a couple of months ago on the podcast. It's nothing I want to get involved in, but at the same time, I do think Liverpool will make it. I think they're going to go from strength to strength. I think there's a lot of reasons to believe why Liverpool are going to be much better in the second half of the season,
0: and that should be enough for a top-four spot. Now, Jamie, talking of transfers, there's also some focus on James Madison. You can currently get odds of five to four for a move to Newcastle before the end of February. Now, do you reckon this is something that is completed by the time the window slams shut?
2: Yeah, well, look, obviously, in the summer, it'll be interesting because that's when you enter the final year of his contract. So it'll be interesting to see whether Leicester are okay with with letting that happen. Obviously, we know when when players do enter that that final year, um, obviously, their value does go down. But you'd kind of think and uh, maybe they might see this as the moment to kind of cash in. But I I think that they'll know that there are still going to be plenty of suitors. You know, James Madison, still a very attractive player to have. You know, he's 26 years old. He's kind of hitting his peak, I think, the last two or three years. I think he's been magnificent. Obviously, well worthy of that that call-up to the England national team as well for the World Cup. Um, so, you know, he's a guy who's doing so well. I'm sure he's going to have lots of interest. I know Newcastle, Spurs and other teams were linked with him. So I think they'll know that there will still be competition for his signature in the summer. Um, and I can't see, a, a, you know, Leicester letting such a, a, you know important player for them leave mid-season. I just think that, you know, you already look how weak that squad is for Leicester. You see how many weaknesses there are. You saw without him on the weekend, you know, how poor they were. So, I think they might look at it and think it's probably best off, wait until the summer. Um, I don't think he'll renew his contract. I think he'll see that as the, the big opportunity to get his, his big move, obviously, and big move to Newcastle, who could be playing, well, will certainly be playing European football, you'd have to think, uh, next season. So, yeah, I, I think Leicester will, will kind of hold out until the summer. So that's
0: one that I'd probably be looking at uh, come, come the summer. OK, then we're going to go bet building once again as Brighton play host to Arsenal on New Year's Eve and we're going to look to build another winning combo. Craig, that means you're up 1st on like an any-time goalscorer from you, please. Yeah, I'm going to
1: add a bit of value to our bet builder here and I do think both teams will score, but I'm finding it a bit easier to choose a Brighton player than a, than an Arsenal player to score. So, I'm going to go with Leandro Trossard to score uh, as my pick. He, he looks good value to me, 7-2 to two to score any time. And He played through the middle when Brighton played Southampton on Boxing Day and he did so in a couple of games before the break as well which certainly it's not imperative for his chances but it certainly helps his chances of getting a goal. And he scored seven this season so far. The one stat that stood out for me is that five of those seven have come against top sides. He scored three against Liverpool, one against Manchester City and one against Chelsea. So. He strikes me as he's a very, very good player, but but based on that, he's also one that sort of is capable of raising his game and going up against the bigger teams. And there's no bigger team than Arsenal at the minute to go up against. Uh, I think he's a, a very good player and I think the odds on offer are, are really good. So,
0: yeah, it's Trossard to score any time for me. He's available at 7-2. to two. A big start there, Jamie. What have you got on the over-under goals?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals here. Um, Brighton, they've conceded just six times in, in seven home matches this season. So they've been strong defensively at home. The Gunners, we also know how good they have been this season defensively. They've got the second best defensive record in the league as well. So I think we're two very strong defences, you know, going head to head. I think this will make will make it a close encounter and a low scoring one. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals.
0: Okay, then, I'm going to go for Arsenal to win either half. So the Gunners were behind to West Ham at the break on Boxing Day, but they didn't panic as they eventually ran out 3-1 winners. If the same happens on Saturday, I don't see them panicking either, which is why I'm backing them to be ahead either minute 45 or 90. And if that's the case, hopefully that's the third leg of this combo getting over the line. Okay, then, just to recap our three picks, we've gone for Leandro Trossard to score any time. We've gone for under three goals in the match in total. And also, Arsenal to win either half. And this one, wait for it, is 50 to 1. It's going to need a combination of factors to get over the line, but we're going for it. We're going to go really big to start 2023. Why not? So as I say, 50 to 1, £10 on the betting slip, £510 in your back pocket if this one gets over the line. I hope it gets over the line for us. I really hope it gets over the line for you. But let's chat about the game itself now. And Craig, the Seagulls were impressive on Boxing Day against Southampton, but can they deal with the test that the Gunners look set to offer?
1: Yeah, it should be a really good game, this. I'm, uh, it's one that I'm really looking forward to watching. And I think both teams sort of come here in good form. They, they both also know that the, the next month or so is really going to be vital for for their chances and also maybe what they spend in the January transfer window. So, Arsenal are clearly just aiming for the title now. You know, Brighton aiming for a bare minimum top-ten finish and, and they might even have a sneaky chance of getting into European football if things go their way. So, there's a lot to look forward to sort of long-term. I think the home advantage gives Brighton a chance of doing something here. And they are maybe not quite good enough to take all three points from this one, but I do think they can take one point. I think it's going to be a really tough test for Arsenal, one that they might just not quite manage to get over the line with. Um, busy Christmas period, you know, just coming back from the World Cup and, and things like that. And that first half performance by Arsenal against West Ham, you know, it, it wasn't the best we've seen from them either. which sort of just puts a doubt in my head. So it's going to be the draw for me. It's 13-5 to 5 the draw. I just think it's going to be a good game, two really
0: good teams, and they might just end up cancelling each other out. Well, Jamie, as mentioned, Mikel Arteta's men had to come from behind to get the better of West Ham. You can get 8-1 to one on the same outcome occurring on New Year's Eve. Would that be of any interest to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because, as, as Craig just mentioned there, I thought they were poor in that first half. But look, I, I do think the Gunners here will be too strong for Brighton. I think Brighton maybe can cause some sort of upset, but I think ultimately Arsenal's kind of quality will shine through. Um, Brighton as well, they haven't been great at home this season. Uh, it's just three wins in, in total for them. And as I said, I think Arsenal have just been magnificent. They've obviously been on this brilliant run. I think that's why they're near the top of the table. Um, I think it's going to be a close, close encounter, as I said, with. With the under under 2.5 goals, um, but I, I I do think the Arsenal should just about get the better here. Unfortunately, um, so yeah, I, I'm going to go for an Arsenal win here, um, and I don't think Brighton will have quite enough to, to go ahead.
0: Okay, then Craig. Another thing that may be of interest is the both teams to score market, because the Seagulls' last five league matches have seen both teams score in total, and the Gunners have scored in every league game this season. So would odds of 4 to 6 look good on any New Year Acker?
1: Yeah, it certainly would appeal to me from uh, from that perspective. I think Brighton will come out and have a go here. It's, um, they're at home and, you know, there's expectations on them at home. But at the end of the day, the, the, the league leaders are coming to town to take them on. And so, see, in some ways, it's, it's kind of a free hit for them just uh, because it wouldn't be so disappointing if they did lose it. Obviously, Arsenal will come and, and want to win the game and they're only playing that way. So I do think it'll be... Open. I, I don't think there'll be tons and tons of goals, but it should be open and, and fairly entertaining. Uh, both teams to score, like you said, four to six, part of an ACA for the for the weekend or whatever. Certainly, certainly is something that would appeal for me. A bit of extra value. I, I just when I was looking through the correct scores, one one stood out to me. That's thirteen to two. And I, I'd like to say I've already sort of tipped up the draw. I just think this is a game where both teams might just end up cancelling each other out and not quite being good enough to go out there and get the win. But but yes, yeah, sort a of draw. One-one draw, both teams to score. They're, they're all
0: good shouts for me, I think. Now, Jamie, much has been made of Eddie Nketiah and whether he can fill the Arsenal scoring void. He showed that he can against West Ham, but would you back him to score any time? Odds of two to one.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, certainly, I think he's going to start again. Obviously, with with Gabriel Jesus out for the foreseeable future, um, I can see him starting here again. I think he worked well up top against West Ham. Um, of course, as you, as you mentioned, he netted on his, his, his first league start of the season as well. So that was obviously something that was pretty impressive. And then, of course, you just have to look at the options around them. I mean, you know, it's no wonder that Arsenal were doing so well when you look of, of that, that three behind the striker when you've got Odegaard, Martinelli and, and Saka all creating chances. So, you know, a striker like Nketiah is certainly going to be kind of licking his lips at the prospect of playing with those three. Um, and yeah, I just think it was no coincidence that he did score on the weekend. I think he had a good game. Um, and he's got all those players around him, so yeah, I think at two to one, I, th- I think that's probably is pretty tempting.
0: Right, it's time for our long shot anchor. Now we go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between two to one and five to one. So JD, you're up first this week. What have you got for me?
2: Yeah, obviously, I mentioned in that London derby between Brentford and West Ham, I'm expecting a winner. Um, And I'm going to go for Brentford. Um, As I said, I I think their last two matches have really impressed me. Obviously, a fantastic win at the Etihad. And then they followed it up with still a strong draw against Tottenham. Of course, I think Tottenham looked like they could have gone on to win that game as well in the end, which is crazy given that first half. But look, I I still think in that first half, they impressed me a lot. And then, again, you just have to look at how poor West Ham have been. You know, four defeats in a row, as we mentioned. Um, the home form has been really poor. They've lost four out of eight. So, yeah, I think this could be another defeat for West Ham and, and more pressure on David Moyes. And uh, as I said, you can get Brentford, Brentford to beat West Ham 27-10. Uh, to 10.
0: Top shot there, Craig. What have you got up
2: your
1: sleeve? Yeah, I'm going down into League One on Sunday, me. I'm going to go with Port Vale to Winter nil against Forest Green. Uh, Port Vale have won three of the last four games, and they're going nicely at the minute, sat in the top half of League One. Uh, The defeat came against Bristol Rovers, another team who are going very well at the minute. But it's the three wins that that I want to really focus on, because all three wins came with a clean sheet attached. And those included a 2-0 away win at at High Flying Plymouth as well, so uh, it's a very good form. Uh, Forest Green, they're back in the relegation zone after defeats to Derby, which was 4-0, and MK Dons, which were 1-0. So, they, they failed to score in both of those. Their inability to sort of finish is, is potentially going to cost them a place in League One come the end of the season. And hopefully, they, they don't get on the score sheet in this one, too. So, it's uh, Port Vale to win to nil
0: against Forest Green. It's 11-4 to on Sunday for me. Okay, then. My pick takes me back up to the Amex. As, as we know, Brighton play host to Arsenal. And as mentioned, the host's last five matches have ended in both teams finding the net. And that's something I do see happening against the Gunners. Now, the same outcome happened on Boxing Day for Mikel Arteta's men, but their additional quality helped them brush past West Ham, and I think the same happens here, which means I'm backing the away win and both teams to score at odds of 3-1. to one. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's pop up some more Saturday Premier League matches now. And first up, we go to Molyneux as Wolves play host to Manchester United. The Molyneux men earned three massive points on Boxing Day. It's now two wins in all competitions under Julian Lopetegui. Craig, would you fancy a third odds of 10-3? to Yeah, I mean, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with Wolves
1: over the next couple of weeks. I do think they're one of the more sort of fascinating teams to keep your eye on as, as we move into January. And... So then there's the potential for what they're going to spend as we get towards the end of the month with the transfer window opening back up so yeah I do really want to keep an eye on Wolves and sort of try and watch as much of their football as I can just to see what direction they're going in having said that though I just can't go against Manchester United at the minute in the current form I think they were, they were excellent I thought when they beat Nottingham Forest and to be honest I thought they put up a very good performance without actually really getting out of second gear. Now Nottingham Forest didn't really pull up any trees. Let's let's be honest about that. But United were very very good, and I do think there's even a bit more to come from them, considering that, like I say, I don't think they were really tested at all. Uh, Manchester United are 17 to 20 to win this, which is bigger than I expected. Uh, and if you think that they can win to nil like they did on Tuesday, which is something else I like, then then nine to four to go away to Wolves. And let's not remember this is a Wolves team who, who sort of prior to that win on Boxing Day. Desperately struggling in front of goal and uh, showing that they have not really got much in terms of goals within them. I, I, yes, they may improve, but you know I, I just think Manchester United are going to have too much here and the United back
0: line sort of does look reasonably solid at the minute. Now, Jamie, I sent the notes over before May United played Nottingham Forest. You now know that United won emphatically. Has that changed your opinion in terms of best bets before the weekend?
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought they were really impressive in that in that win over Nottingham Forest. Yes, of course, it was, you know, only Nottingham Forest at home, but I still was, was really impressed with how they performed. I think Varane put in a massive performance. Casemiro, again, proving why he's one of the best holding midfielders in the world. And, and Marcus Rashford, for me, I think I think he's one of the most underrated players in Europe at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I really like the look of him getting on the score sheet. He's three to one to score any time. And I think given the form that he's in, I think that that is, is something that I do really like. But... Uh, uh, for me, an- another bet that I do like as well, Craig mentioned it, a Man United win to nil. I said, you look at kind of the difference that Varane makes when he's in the team. You kind of look at how solid they are starting to build in defence. Lissandra Martinez could be back as well. That'll be a big boost for them as well. Um, so yeah, Manchester United win to nil, as Craig said, is, is nine to four. That's something that I do really like. Um, Wolves, of course, they did show some good signs at Goodison Park, but uh, I think this is a Manchester United team. They're starting to build up ahead of the team And, uh, yeah, I think this will be a really strong test for for Julian Lopetegui's team. And uh, I think Man United can win to nil here.
0: Okay. later that same day, Newcastle play host to Leeds. And, Craig, with the Magpies having kept clean sheets in five of the last seven league outings, would you fancy a home win to nil or to six to four?
1: Yeah, certainly would do, yeah. And and I'll sort of keep saying it and I'll keep backing Newcastle to beat pretty much anyone while they're playing sort of the way that they are at the minute. I think they're absolutely flying and... However, the playing teams in the lower half of the Premier League table, then I'll certainly be backing them with a clean sheet attached because this isn't a Newcastle team that's that's sort of just scoring goals and, and you know the, getting all the plaudits for their attacking play. It's a very very solid back line and they they're performing very well as a team and I don't always think that it's sort of down to the sort of defence and goalkeeper the the way that they're keeping clean sheets. They are working incredibly hard. The midfielders are all working back and doing their jobs and. It seems a real team effort at the minute from Newcastle, and as you say, they've, they've kept five clean sheets from the last seven. Uh, like I said, they, they are scoring goals with that as well, which which makes them so exciting to watch, and and it's sort of a fascinating story really to this this Premier League season. Um, there's some excitement sort of building round Newcastle, as I see it, and and again, sort of mentioned about Liverpool being a bit of a snowball at the minute. It wouldn't surprise me if that's what happened with Newcastle. And we've got this sort of January transfer window coming up. There's been talks of players that you mentioned earlier on the podcast, James Madison. There's just so much buzz around Newcastle that I just can't go against them. Uh, the one point I would make is that I'm, I am saying all of this before Leeds play Manchester City. Uh, so I'll put in the sort of caveat that assuming nothing
0: massive happens in that game, 6-4 uh, to four for Newcastle to win to nil looks a great bet for me. Now, Jamie, we spoke about Miguel Almiron in last week's show. I think the bookmakers are finally starting to cotton on because his anytime price has dropped to 12 to 5 before the weekend. With that said, though, would you still fancy him to find the net on Saturday?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what Craig said with Newcastle. You can't bet against him at the moment. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, I thought he scored a magnificent goal against Leicester. Um, again, it's just kind of, we've we've seen what he's all about, the way he's able to drive into the penalty area. Um, you know, he did that against Spurs as well earlier this season. And, you know, he's just scored so many goals now. It's nine goals in, in his last eight matches um, again, at home, he's playing at home against a Leeds team who conceded 17 times on their travels this season. So a team that, you know, have really been leaking goals when when they played away from home. Um, and he's just kind of oozing confidence at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, you just can't back against him at the moment to score. So, yeah, I'd I, I definitely add Almer on to, to score to the bet sheet.
0: Right, let's move to Manchester now, as City play host to Everton on Saturday. Craig, as you just mentioned, they have a midweek clash with Leeds to attend to first. But what is the best bet you can find for me at the Etihad? Do
1: you know, what? I really, really fear for Everton here, Dan. It's um, I think the pressure is massively on, and and things only look set to get worse for them. As you mentioned, that you know Manchester City are playing in between this this being recorded. So again, it just make sure nothing strange happens before we we get on here. Um, but I think this is going to be a, a proper route for Manchester City. Um, over three point five Manchester City goals is thirteen to eight which appeals to me. And if you want something at a bigger price, a 5-0 City wins 14-1. to uh, I think they'll score four or five here. Like I say, I, there's a hell of a lot of pressure on Everton. Uh, things are going from bad to worse for them. And I think
0: it's only going to get even worse after this weekend's games. Now, Jamie, as for Everton, we spoke about the pressure. The players could be under on Boxing Day. I think they crumbled, really, after losing that late goal to Wolves. So, they're now 5-4 to four to go down at the end of the season. Is there value there? Or are you perhaps prepared to wait a little longer in the relegation market?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, there's obviously, you know, regarding this Everton team, I think there's plenty to be worried about. Obviously, attacking-wise, they have been really poor. Um, you know, you look at the kind of that squad, there's no real... Serious goal threat at the moment um, and, and a real kind of lack of creativity. Um, defence, I think they have shown at times that they can be strong. And, um, you know, we're obviously seeing Tarkovsky having a fairly good start to the season, but that's really seemed to have dropped off. So um, I, I think the defence can show that they, that they can be strong. But at the moment, it's just kind of so bang out form. Um, so it's going to take kind of a really big improvement for the defence. And I think that that's going to be a really important aspect for them, for them to stay up um, because at the moment, just attacking wise, they just don't look like scoring at all. I think it's, you know, it's just 12 goals they've scored this season, which is pretty poor. Um, so yeah, it's going to all rely on, on whether they can try and sort the defence out. I think at the start of the season, I remember kind of giving them praise for, for how well they had started defensively. But as I said, that's kind of almost gone out the window now um, the other key thing as well is I think there are so many teams in that bottom half that do look like they can still go down. I mean, you know, even from 14th with the likes of Bournemouth, you know, and then below that you've got Leeds, West Ham. And then, of course, you look at the bottom three currently, Wolves, Nottingham Forest and Southampton. You know, again, all three teams that you can kind of see going down to the end of the season as well. So I think given the fact that there are so many teams that that do look like they're in trouble, I think at the moment this is probably one I'd I'd hold off on.
0: While Southampton are eleven to ten in the same market, and they travel to Fulham on Saturday, Craig, are you giving them any hope against the Cottagers? Yeah, I think um, I think Jamie just made a very
1: good point about the relegation market, and so as I said earlier on, there'll be a, a team that has a good season but doesn't get in the Champions League. I think there might be one or two teams that have really poor seasons but somehow managed to stay up, and in other years they would have gone down. But it just seems we've got a group of six, maybe seven teams who are really poorly performing this year and um, unless something changes then it could be that, you know, some maybe Everton, maybe Southampton who were are just about to get onto here, they have a really, really poor season and are constantly criticised for what they do but somehow manage to just stave off relegation because, because there's so many sort of disappointing teams in the league. Um, I, I'm not really giving Southampton much hope to, to be honest with you. You know that they've lost four in a row. Uh, we saw no new manager bounce on Boxing Day. So... Against a good Brighton team, we'll, we'll give them that. Um, and I think just that this Southampton project is, is a real long-term one, and I don't think they've got time for a long-term project. I sort of touched on this last week. I, I like Nathan Jones and think he's a good manager, but at the same time, he's not the man to come in and make instant changes and, and d- d- sort of dig you out of a relegation battle. He's like a long-term architect who you want to to build your team slowly, and that's the complete opposite of what Southampton need right now. Um, I do fear for their Premier League status, I I genuinely do, and and given what Fulham did on Boxing Day, away at uh, Crystal Palace, and how many times have we sat on this podcast and mentioned how good Crystal Palace are at home, um, I think it's very, very tough for Southampton this, and I I
0: really like Fulham to win this game. Well, Jamie, Fulham made light work of Crystal Palace on Boxing Day, they struggled to a 3-0 win, and are currently evens to get the better of the Saints. Are you tempted by that price?
2: Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's kind of no real shock to me that they are kind of those short odds to win this one. Um, I said then for the, for the season, Fulham on 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 the, on the last podcast that I think it was always going to be about finishing that top half they just have really impressed me this season and uh, you know I think they, they have surprised everyone and I think they're going to continue to surprise everyone this season um, you know Mitrovic has just been so good this season and then of course you know he's obviously not the only threat in that team they've got plenty of other options that are able to create chances and score goals so they've been re- they've really impressed me this season actually Marco Silva's team for Nathan Jones obviously it was a pretty horrible start to life with you know that defeat against uh, Brighton at home you know a real abject performance from them and again, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've said it on the, on this podcast before, but you look at this Southampton team and there's just kind of no real world areas in that team where they, something's going to come from it. Defensively, they look poor. You know, they don't look like a team that can create chances, score goals. So you really do have to worry for them. Uh, you know, I said I might kind of look to stay off in the, in the betting market for, for the relegation battle, but for me, Southampton, I think pretty much one of the clear teams that I think will go down eventually. They're only 11-10 to 10 at the moment, but I just think given how poor they have been this season, you know, not getting off to to the best start under Nathan Jones as well, I think they're in real danger. But in regards to this game, I think this is going to be a big win for Fulham. Uh, You can get a Fulham win and over 2.5 goals at 15 to 8. Uh, You know, I might even be tempted to go higher than that just because I think that Fulham, as I said, when you've got a player like Mitrovic who's in such great form and is just a generally great player, um, I think they're going to get plenty of goals. But yeah, I think this is going to be an emphatic Fulham win here.
0: Well, Craig, I was going to ask you a similar question because there have been over 2.5 goals in 13 of Fulham's last 14 league outings. Would you be backing more of the same or do you feel that Southampton don't have enough goals themselves to help their part of the equation? Um, yeah, I would be backing the same and I'm a
1: similar opinion to, to Jamie. This, I, I do think this will happen. I, I think at some point Southampton's going to have to come out and a, an attack and try and get a goal in this game because they'll be behind. Um, they need to get points on the board. They need to win fans back round. And the only way to do that is to show intent. It's sort of a, a poor performance and not really showing the ability to score isn't what's needed right now. They, they would be better going and losing sort of 5-2 or 5-3 than losing 3-0 and ne- not having a shot on goal. Um, I think Fulham will win and, and potentially could win by scoring over 2.5 themselves. If, if you know, I see this being a comfortable win for Fulham, like what Jamie said, I think 3-0, 3-1 maybe. Um would be the score lines that I'd be looking at. Maybe Southampton can score and if they do, that only adds to the uh, to the value in this bet. I do think Fulham are gonna get at least a couple, but probably three themselves. Um so yeah,
0: over two point five looks good to me in this one, which I think should be a comfortable Fulham win. Now Jamie, I just mentioned that you can get evens on a Fulham win, but you can boost that to five to one if the cottages win both halves. Would you be tempted by that instead?
2: Yeah, the other thing I do like this one a lot. Again, I, I do think this is going to be an emphatic Fulham win. Um, you know, they've been fairly decent at home as well. It's twelve points from eight um, at Craven Cottage for Southampton. They've been very poor away from home. They've lost five of their last six away matches this season. So again, a side that don't travel well, um, regardless of their poor form anyway. Um, and then of course, again, I mentioned. You know, the players that Fulham are going to have on the pitch, I think they're going to have a m- more than enough to kind of go out and win both halves or certainly be winning at half- uh, half-time and then go and see it through at full-time. You know, Mitrovic, Andres Pereira is another player who's also been impressing at Fulham. So, um, yeah, I said, I think this will be a big win for Fulham and uh, I think they're going to dominate from the off.
0: While well, the final Saturday offering sees Bournemouth play host to Crystal Palace, Craig, the Cherries won their last home league outing before the World Cup break. Would you be backing them at odds of 19-10 to 10 for a home win at the weekend? Uh, yeah, you know, I think there's a bit of value in this one. So, Bournemouth game against Chelsea,
1: they're really, really poor start to the game. Sort of first 20, 25 minutes, whatever it was when Chelsea scored twice. And, and Bournemouth were just nowhere near good enough then. After that, I don't think they performed too badly. Chelsea, yeah, they, they maybe strolled through in second, third gear or whatever, but... Bournemouth did sort of put up a better account of themselves in, in the second half, in particular. Uh, this is much much calmer waters for Bournemouth, and, and a game that they will have marked off as being one that they can win. I think I would have sort of priced up Bournemouth at maybe just around, sort of just under two to one as they are now. Had Crystal Palace won on Boxing Day, which we thought that they would do, but the fact that Crystal Palace was so poor on Boxing Day and lost lost that game, as we've mentioned already against Fulham. Um, that, that sort of aids to the value we're getting here. We, we've, as we've mentioned on the podcast, we always talk about how good Crystal Palace are at home, but we do also throw in that they're not so good away from home either. And, and, and again, you know, they've got to go away to Bournemouth here. I think the odds on offer are more than fair for a Bournemouth win. We're talking about almost 2-1 to one for a team to win at home against a team who have lost their last two and come here on the back of a 3-0 defeat against Fulham. So I, I do think there's plenty of value in this, um, this price for, for Bournemouth that... that not going to pull up any trees themselves in the Premier League this season but this is the type of game that that they need to win if they want to keep like sort of well clear of the relegation uh, troubles later on
0: well let's throw it open to Jamie because as for Palace both Tyreek Mitchell and James Tonkins will be out through suspension does this already weaken the hands of a side that Craig rightly mentions already struggle on the road how do you see this one panning out
2: yeah, I mean, it's a really big surprise to me that Palace have been struggling. I was kind of really hoping or, or certainly expecting them to finish in the top 10 this season. But they've just been so disappointed. I mean, I look at this squad and I think they should be doing so much better. I think maybe the midfield is, is probably an issue for them. I think right back is also another area of concern. I think, you know, Joel Ward is, is still the guy that's been there. I think I was speaking to a Palace a mate of mine. He said he's been there for 10 years and kind of just been too long. The midfield, I said, is, is a big issue. Obviously, losing Conor Gallagher was a big blow for them. I think they lost Kuyate as well. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they're they're light in midfield. But, yes, it's it's still a surprise to me that they are doing so poorly. I think Vieira, I was kind of expecting him to kind of come in to have a big impact. But it's just kind of not been that at all. Um, You said with their away form, it's been really poor. It's just one win in seven away matches. Um, For Bournemouth as well, I think they've been fairly decent um, at home as well. They've got 11 points from their eight home matches. Their last home outing was a 3-0 win over Everton as well. They nearly got points off Tottenham as well, um, uh, uh, you know, previously at home. So I think they should be good to get the win here because Palace, as I said, they've just been so poor recently. I think it's three defeats in the last five for them as well. So, yeah, their form has really not been very good and uh, they're going to be low on confidence. I think Bournemouth, maybe there might be that good feel factor as well. Of course, with new ownership, we see Gary O'Neill being given the job. Um, this, you know, It's been his, his first time uh, at the stadium with the, with the job on a permanent basis. So that could play another factor as well. So I think kind of with all that considered, uh, I actually do think Bournemouth will get the win here.
0: Right. Before we move on any further, I'd like a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Jamie, I'll start with you. What have you got for me this week?
2: Yes, obviously, we're still waiting for Manchester City to play again. Um, They play Leeds on on the day that we're recording. For me, I'm I'm confident enough to say I think they're going to win that one. And then I'm going to think they'll go on to get another win against Everton. I think it's, again, I think it's going to be a big win for Manchester City. Obviously, at the Etihad against an Everton side, that have been really, really poor this season. Um, Obviously, coming off the back of that home defeat uh, to Wolves. So, yes, I'm going to go for a big Man City win here. 4-0, um, which you can get at 17-2. to two.
0: An emphatic start to this segment. And, Craig, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Another uh, another 17-2 to two pick and another big win.
1: I'm going to the Premier League, me, on uh, Friday night, Friday night at Premier League Football, where I'm going to back Liverpool to beat Leicester 3-0. As uh, so I mentioned when we were talking about this game, I do really think that Liverpool are heading towards something that we would call their best. And they're getting better with each game and, when they're at their best, they're in a position where their attacking players flourish, but they're also keeping clean sheets and they're solid at the back. And that's something that was sort of vital to their play over the past couple of seasons and something that I think is going to be vital for the second half of this season. Uh, Leicester were very poor on Boxing Day. They're one of the teams that we mentioned about the break coming at the wrong time. And if anything, you know, Boxing Day is anything to go by, I think that's certainly the case. It's really sort of stopped their progress potentially. Um, Come at the wrong time for them. Now they've got to go away to Anfield, which is obviously not a very easy place to go at all. So I'm going to be a Liverpool comfortable win on Friday night. Liverpool 3-0 over Leicester and that's
0: 17-2. Two massive shouts there. And of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's a few more Premier League headlines to mop up as we enter 2023. Spurs by host of Villa on New Year's Day. Craig, when you look at just how slow Spurs are in terms of starting, how does a home win from behind, odds of seven to one, sound to you? Yeah, I mean, sort of given
1: what Spurs are doing right now, it does make complete sense to go in that direction. It, it's not something that should happen, and certainly not with the frequency that, that it is happening, but but it does just keep sort of coming along for Spurs and, and again, you know that the first half performance against Brentford is like simply just not good enough. But, you know the team deserve credit for what they did in the second half, but ultimately the first half is just not good enough. And, and we've you know we've seen that many times now with Tottenham over the past few weeks. Um, yeah, Villa could sneak one earlier, you know, and, and make this an interesting one. It's, it's a real sort of quirk of, of Tottenham's play that they're showing at the minute. Uh, I'm sure it's one that's completely frustrating you two unbelievably at the minute. Um, if, if you're wanting a bet at bigger odds and you're looking at a Tottenham game, I think sort of rather than looking at a correct score or goal scorers and things like that, maybe do look at this market and, you know, cheer, cheer on a Villa goal early on and then hope that Spurs fight back as we've seen them do so many times. And, uh, yeah, 7 to one's fair, considering
0: what's going on, really. Now, Jamie, once again, Spurs conceded two goals in a Premier League game. That's six in a row now. So, with that in mind, would you fancy Villa to score more than once odds of 5-1? to one?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I... I I hope not um, and I, I believe it won't be the case either um, I mean one shocking stat for me is that only three teams have conceded more goals at home this season than Spurs which is just really poor um, I mean as well it's, it's frustrating when you look at the goals score because Spurs have scored 21 times at home this season um, you know that's right up there with you know just one behind Arsenal just a couple behind Man City as well so that's a really frustrating aspect aspect that Spurs are still able to score plenty of goals, but it's kind of that, you know, in defense where it's been really poor and it just kind of shocks me to see that, as I said, only three teams managed to uh, concede more goals than Spurs have done at home this season. Um, For Villa as well. I mean, you look at the goals they have scored on the road this season, They've only scored five times, so they're not particularly emphatic goal scorers. So I don't see them scoring more than once uh, 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 on the weekends. I think as well, a key aspect could be that Christian Romero, obviously, World Cup winner now. Um, He's going to be back in training. I think that that could be a big boost for Spurs. Um, I think that kind of disrupted the team a little bit in terms of Let Eric Dyer have to go over and play a left-sided centre-back. We saw, you know, that for the second goal, he made a really awkward clearance playing on the left side. So, hopefully, he'll be a player that will be able to play maybe in more central position in the defence. You know, Clement Longley maybe playing in a more natural left-sided position as well. And then having Romero back. I think he's, you know, he is just, well, for me, he's Spurs' real only top central defender. So, that's going to be a big boost for Spurs. As I said, just you factor in that Villa have been poor at scoring goals on the roads. Um, and, and uh, yeah, I, I think and with Christian Romero back, I think that Spurs won't concede more than twice.
0: Right, Craig, with both teams having the propensity to concede, would you be tempted to go up a level in terms of goals and back over 3.5 in total, odds of 6-5? to five, Or will we finally see some semblance of defending on show? No, I'm, I'm not so as
1: convinced that we will see much defending on show. I do think there'll be goals here and, I think one of the reasons why sort of, Tottenham games are seeing so many goals is because when they're going behind, they're forced to open up and attack almost instantly rather than the sort of defensive style that Antonio Conte's got with him and, and then him choosing when Spurs open up and try and win the game. They're doing it at a much earlier stage and I just think that that's bringing action at, at both ends. Um, over 3.5 goals at 6-5, to yeah, that looks a solid shout to me. Um, if you want something else at bigger odds, then Spurs to win from behind, as we've mentioned, that's 7-1. to one. Um, Spurs to win 3 one's 14 to 14-1, one. so regardless of, of when Villa do get that goal. I, I just do think both teams will score here. I do think there'll be goals. I think Tottenham are good enough to come out on top and, um, and, and should do and hopefully will do for, for you too. Um, but yeah, it's, they're just such a strange team to work out from a betting point of view at the minute. You don't really know what's, what's happening and
0: where it's happening and what's going to end up. Well, Jamie, Boxing Day was ruined. Hopefully, New Year's Day isn't ruined as well. But in terms of the half-time, full-time market, how do you see this one panning out at minute 45 and 90?
2: Yeah, well, look, just firstly, I think, I think an interesting aspect on this game is that I feel as though on the weekend, obviously, being at the Tottenham Oxford Stadium, I think, I think it's going to be a quite toxic atmosphere. I think the performances have been really poor this season. And I think Spurs fans will be frustrated with that. You know, maybe results haven't been so good unfortunately, Arsenal are doing fantastically well as well, too. You look at teams in the transfer market, obviously Chelsea, you know, talk of them signing en- Enzo Fernandez. obviously Christian Conku already through the door. Um, I think they're looking at other central defenders as well, Arsenal. Um, uh, I think they're, they're chasing some big names as well. Um, Liverpool signing Cody Gakpo and, and Spurs at the moment, there's no real kind of sign of movement. So I think that 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 could be a really kind of big factor on the weekend. That there's going to be a toxic atmosphere. So that's something I do slightly worry about. But I think if you kind of look at the form of these two teams, I think Spurs should come out on top here. But look, I think a key one on this on this market is that Spurs in their last seven league matches they haven't been winning at half time. So I think that that's certainly the way to go here. Uh, draw at half time and then Spurs to win at full time is is 15 to four. Um, Villa to be winning at half time and then Spurs to turn it around in the second half. Um, is is twenty to one, but I think at the moment, you know, Spurs are kind of that one team where you'd have to say that, you know, when they're not winning at half time, but going to win at full time. I think that they're the only team that looked like there could be good value in that, um, just the way that they have been playing in those first half. But yeah, I'm 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 kind of really mixed on this game because as much as I think Spurs have enough to come out on top, I just think that the atmosphere at the club at the moment, especially with with Conte as well, we've we've seen how grumpy he sounds, the way he's talking as well. I just wonder whether that might rub off on the players as well. So, yeah, uh, I'm not too confident for this one, but uh, I think on paper, Spurs suppose, should get enough to, to, to win this one.
0: Right, before we wrap up, we're going to go north of the border as the Old Firm Derby takes place on Monday. Craig, is it win or bust for the blue half of Glasgow? Can they keep the title race alive? Yeah, I think it certainly
1: is, Dan, yeah. So, at the time of recording, there's, there's a nine-point gap between the top two. They, they do play um, before the Old Firm Derby. They play on... Wednesday night and and if that becomes 12 then um, I'm not really sure how Rangers come back from it really whether that's the defeats in midweek or it is Celtic winning this one and taking it to 12 by beating Rangers and you know they've even got got half a season left and and I still think it's sort of title over in the first couple of days of January and the one thing about this game is there's so so much pressure on Rangers The, the importance of the game is so high for them and I just fear that they could let the occasion get to them Now, we're talking about uh, an old firm derby. We're talking about a game that means everything to these fans. But in many ways, and this doesn't happen very often, I I feel like it's a bit of a free hit for Celtic. And if they go there and lose, then, you know, so be it. They're still six points clear as they go into the new year. You know, that's brilliant. Whereas if they go there and win, then, you know, potentially the, the sort of the title's wrapped up, as I said, in the first couple of days of January. So... In many ways, Celtic can just go and just play their own game, no pressure, don't worry about it, which is never said about this game. Of course, they want to win it, but the bigger picture is that it is, I think, a free hit for Celtic, and I think that's going to help them. And I just can see Rangers either sort of cracking under the pressure or throwing too much forward and leaving themselves suspect at the back. And, and I can just see Celtic winning here. And um, yeah, if you're asking me to pick a winner, sadly
0: for the Scottish title race, I, I think Celtic might do it. Well, Jamie, I was going to ask you, is it as simple as backing a red-hot Celtic team? The odds are 31 to 20. That's a cracking price when you consider their form.
2: Yeah, look, I'm not going to back a winner here. I'm going to go for the draw. Um, I think it's pretty clear that Celtic are probably the better of these two teams at the moment. Um, They also won this fixture last season back in April Um, obviously winning at Ibrox. They've also beaten Rangers this season. Um, But you look at Rangers' home form, they've been really impressive this season. Uh, They are undefeated at Ibrox. And then, of course, you know, they've won eight of their nine matches. So their home form has been really strong. So I think that I might kind of cancel um, Celtic maybe being the better of the two teams out. So I'm going to go for a draw here. I think it's going to be an exciting game as well. Um, I think both teams to score is is a good shout. And obviously you combine those two a draw and both teams to score, you get 10 to 3. Um, so, yeah, I think given Rangers' home form, Celtic obviously being really good this season, I think that that will lead to two teams cancelling each other out. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a draw.
0: OK, it's time for our final bit of business now. It's the odds on threefold. We will pick a leg each, combine it into an Akka, We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And after coming good with our previous offering across Boxing Day, let's see if we can get another winner over the line. Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? I'm going to dive into League
1: One on Sunday, New Year's Day for my pick. I'm going to go with Bristol Rovers to beat Cheltenham. Uh, they're 10-11 at the minute. So, Bristol Rovers were beaten on Boxing Day by Wickham, um, but there's no, no shame in that. And Prior to that, they were unbeaten in five with three wins, and those came against Peter Report, Vale, and Charlton, three decent teams. Uh, Cheltenham beaten by Forest Green and Plymouth recently, sort of hovering over the relegation zone. I like what Bristol Rovers are doing. They're picking up regular points against good teams and they look like they're capable of finishing in the top half, whereas Cheltenham have still got reservations around their survival hoax, really. So, it's a home win for Joey Barton's men at 10-11 to 11 against Cheltenham on Sunday. Good shout there. Jamie, what have you got up your
0: sleeve?
2: Yep, I think evens for Fulham to beat uh, Southampton is, is far too good for me to turn down. So, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, yeah, as I said, it was you know really poor start to life under Southampton's new management um, Fulham, as I said, I think they look really impressive against Crystal Palace as well. They've got so many strong players on the pitch. I think they're going to have far too much for Southampton. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a Fulham win over Southampton at Evens.
0: OK, I'm going to go to Tyneside as Newcastle play host to Leeds. The Magpies wasted no time in brushing Leicester aside on Boxing Day as Eddie Howe's men made it six league wins in a row. And with no let-up in momentum after the World Cup break, they will now look to make it a perfect seven. Something that should be more than achievable as Lee's visit on New Year's Eve. The Ellen Road outfit have lost five of the last six on the road. And I think there's going to be more misery for them before 2023 comes around. And with all this in mind, I'm backing the home win at odds of 9 to 20. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets takes your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Thanks very much, Dan. Yeah, pleasure as always. Thank you. Top man. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me.
2: Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. Hopefully on the next episode, uh, I'm not so grumpy about Spurs. And uh, yeah, we're reflecting on a, a much better performance. Hopefully reflecting on a strong first half performance if Spurs do decide to turn up in the first 45 minutes. That, uh we'll have to wait and see. Yes, all good though. Thanks, Dan.
0: Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leads me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast.